It's been awesome watching the Lord do what he's doing here and doing in each one of us and moving in a way that only he can move with us. And uh, I really believe this message is very important for all of us. I don't know that I've ever spoken on it before. I've got uh, several books that talk about the finishing anointing. And uh, it's part of the apostolic gift that God has for his people in, in that gifting in that uh, demonstration of gifting. Uh, the apostolic is known for warring. It's known for uh, sending. That's what the word actually means. It's known for governing. It's known for generational transfer, mother and fathers transferring uh, their anointing to another generation, but it's also known, known for building, and it's known for finishing. And therefore, we are at the end of a time, and we're getting ready to move into a new order. Now, with that, I want to remind us of a few things. God has an order for your restoration. He wants you fully restored. He wants your bloodline to come into the fullness so that prosperity and breakthrough can occur. And one of the things we kept saying at the beginning of this year was this. There's a new era that we've entered into. A lot of people have said, you know, I, I feel it, I can see it, uh, some, but I'm not sure I'm getting there. But there, a new era has broken into the earth realm, and all hell is warring against it. And with that, this era is about Judah arising with a voice of decree. And it's about moving from the best place you ever had in Egypt and starting a journey. Everybody say the word journey. journey. And it's about making choices in your journey. Are you going to settle in the wilderness or, or are you going to move forward into the promise God has for you? Say, I'm on my way to the promise. And it takes quite an effort to keep going. Say it one more time. But one of the things we said is we can live in maintenance or we can have a conquest mentality. Conquest means you will keep moving and overcoming until God says rest. See, a lot of people don't understand that about warfare. Uh, Hebrews says you war to enter into your rest. I have no idea how wrong teachings came into the body that said we never have to war. Yes, I, I'm telling you, he finished and triumphed on the cross. But we have to enforce that until we stand in the place that he tells us to stand. 
And Hebrews says, Paul said you war to enter into your rest. Decree right now that you will rest, but you might have to war to get there. Now, this era that we're in is about sound. It's about breath. Now, think about us decreeing this back in September. And think about what the war has been over the breath. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. For that to be decreed prophetically, and then us worldwide go into the battle of all times to breathe. And then on top of that, to go into the battle to be free to breathe. And with that, this era is about your testings from one season becoming your testimony in this season. So it's about the voice of your testimony that overcomes the enemy. So this becomes so important that we enter into this new era with gusto. That we come into this new season with a bang. Tell somebody, it sounds like I'm on bang leaving, I'm on bang going. Matter of fact, we're going to be having the sound of a different drum. The other thing that the Chickasaw presented me uh, Friday night was the war drum that they used to war to send into confusion DeSoto's uh, uh, troops when DeSoto came to the land, not even, not even Columbus. And they would get up and for 24 hours they would bang the drum and DeSoto wouldn't, <clears throat> finally all of that crowd didn't know if they were celebrating or if they were warring. So because they couldn't discern the banging of the drum, they finally left. Now let me tell you something. If you get loud enough and if you release the sound God has in you to release, your enemies will finally come into confusion. Hallelujah. This new era is here. Now, let's look at it. What does that mean? That means the last season has finished. Everybody say finished. It means captivity is breaking off your promise. It means angels have intervened with us to bring us into a new place. Just like God said in Exodus 23, he said, I'm sending an angel before you. Do not get him upset. Look at somebody and say, please don't upset the angels. It also means we're being recommissioned to go. We're being sent to go. It means a time has come that we start building our future. And so this becomes such an important time 
for us to enter in. Therefore, turn with me to Luke 14. I want us to discuss this finishing anointing that's coming down on us today. Look at somebody and say, I see it on you. I see it on you. I can't think of a better passage. I could have used so many passages in the Word of God where people didn't finish strong or where they did finish strong. And yet, I can't think of a better passage than this passage that Yeshua used to try to teach us about this anointing. Because see, he's healing on the Sabbath. The Lord did miracles to let people know something. He didn't do miracles just to do miracles. Uh, He did miracles to present a message that was necessary. uh, So people would understand who Father was and what Father wanted to do. He told parables and nobody... Listen, I get so much flack saying, well, we explain everything that prophetic word means. Listen, that is not my job. Tell Isaiah that when you get up there. Tell Ezekiel that. He was so far out that you want it all explained before you can hear what God's saying. People, that ain't going to happen. That's called human reasoning and human understanding. If you could understand everything God was going to do, you wouldn't need God. Yes. If I could explain everything to you, I I would be God. I'm not God. Say thank God. And so the Lord says something here. Large crowds in verse 25 were going along with Jesus. And he turned and he said to them, if anyone comes to me. Now listen to this. This is a hard word from the Lord. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children and brothers and sisters... Yes, and even his own life in the sense of indifference to our relative disregard for them in comparison with their attitude toward God. He cannot be my disciple. I can't teach him. That's what it means. I can't teach him if they don't hate certain things. Say out loud, I want to be teachable. Now, let's think about it. We're in an election year. Just think if a candidate gets up and says, listen, if you'll vote for me, you've got to give up your house. You've got to get rid of your family. You've got to do all these things if you vote for me. Now, how many of us are going to vote for it? That's what this sounds like. So, really, the question is, was that really what the Lord was saying here? But when you study it further, I think he was saying this. There's a long journey ahead of you. And before you jump in to be taught by me, you're going to have to count a cost about that journey. 
Because, you know, you might get labeled as one of my followers. Your family might turn against you. They might not even know why they turn against you. But because you're coming with me, they might turn against you. He was saying, if you've got emotions that you're tied to, because this was also in Deuteronomy. Oh, you're going to find what Yeshua did was quote the word of God most of the time. He just said it differently and said it in parables. It was in Deuteronomy in the law of war that if you had just gotten married, you had the uh, opportunity not to go to war. You had a year that you could choose to establish yourself in your family. If, if you had just built a house, you had an opportunity to get your household established. But there did come a time where you had to choose to go to war. That's what the Lord was saying here. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to go beyond self. And you're going to have to make a choice beyond your four and no more to do what I tell you to do. See, I looked at going Friday night when I got there. I'm, I don't get overly emotional, but some emotion hit me because when God spoke to me when I was 18, he said, I've called you for the healing of the nations. Now, for me to accomplish his will, I've gone 15 million air miles plus. I've had to give up my family. John Mark and Samantha who were here, uh, Asher played his first ball game yesterday morning. Uh, He's right at three years old. Pam sent him the picture of John Mark's first ball game. But I think of all those times of missed ball games. My family did videos for me, eight videos one Christmas. And I'm watching them and Isaac won a regional competition in gymnastics. Now he's 20 feet tall now, but back then he wasn't. And... I sat there through all those videos and realized how much I had missed. And yet, I had no regret for missing it because I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I had done what God had asked me to do. And all I would pray is, Lord, don't let me be gone one day that I'm not supposed to be gone because I want to take responsibility for my family. But I must follow you because until I submitted to follow him, he didn't let us have children. So if I quit following him because I have children, he could take those children like that. See, there's something about God that 
he's really not God in your life if he's not first. You are aware of that. If God is not supreme, he's not God. He's God of the universe, but he's not Lord of your life. So you have to understand that. You have to understand it. And I want him to be Lord of my life. He's not a God that tells you everything's wrong that you do. And he wants you to be a monk and be just totally never... He said, be in the world, but not of it. But he wants to be Lord wherever you are in the earth realm. And so, in this same passage, he goes on to say... Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be, in suffering and in dying also, he can't be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a watchtower for his guards, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? That's the finishing anointing. In other words, when I'm asking you to do something, will you count the cost to get to the end of what I'm asking you to do? See, I loved what Barbara shared this morning. I got up and prayed for her this morning because I felt like she would have something to share with us. Because you've got to know when the Lord says... Well done, my good and faithful servant. Take a break. Look at somebody and say, I want to hear him say, take a break. (laughs) Now, let me share one testimony with you about how messed up you can get. Uh, You know, uh, I'm not... You know, I follow the Lord, and I came to the end of a season. Mine's going to be opposite from Barber. Uh, I had had a two-year assignment in one place, and then a two-year assignment in the other place. And at the end of that two-year assignment in the second place, I heard the Lord say, uh, this season is ending. Well, we went to church for a big gala and on the way back it was the one winter that Houston froze you know I mean it froze it's terrible it was in right at the beginning of the 80s and when we got back to our house all the pipes were burst burst and all of the ceilings were down and it really verified what God had said to me before I left this season's ending We had a staff house, and so we spent the next three months getting that house more beautiful than it was before. Pam and I did. It was a beautiful place to start with, and I had given away our first home just because of the scripture here, and the Lord provided for us, and this staff house was just awesome for a couple of years. And so... Once April came, we had gotten everything back in order. And I said, now remember the Lord said this season's ended. 
And I, I feel like I already know my next assignment, which was mainly into the Soviet bloc countries. And so, when it got time to redecorate the house, the walls, I said, well, since the season's ending, we're just not going to decorate them. We'll just put all of that up. Whoever moves in here next can finish and decorate the way they want. Sounded so logical, doesn't it? Sounds incredible. Sounds almost nice. Except by the anniversary time in December of the next year, we're still there with no decorations. No expression of who we are. And I looked up at the Lord. I went outside and got down on my knees and I said, Lord, you said on this day last year, I, have it, I had it written down. This season had finished. He said it did finish. He said, but you haven't finished. I finished it, but you're still hanging on to and controlling the last season. So when you go complete the redo of that house, you'll see how I move forward. I went back in. I told Pam, I said, listen, the Lord told me we've got to decorate this house completely. It's got to be better than it was last time. We've got to go buy what is necessary. I mean, it was crazy. She said, okay. The next two weeks, that place became one of the most beautiful places when we hung the last mirror. I got a call from the place of my next assignment. Now hear what I'm saying to you. Sometimes we're not entering into the new because we're controlling the new from last season. And I'm going to show you what I mean by that. And until we let go, we can't enter in. Now, here's one thing I want to say. See, he's Alpha and he's Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything about it. He knows the day you're going to die because he knew the day he was going to put you in the earth realm. All right? And all order comes through his voice because he's the one who's creating our future. In other words, he already is, has created what we're supposed to be in this next season. And your end actually is the start of your new beginning. So why do so many people resist their end? If they really believe God is Alpha and Omega, why are they resisting ending a season? Because that's actually the beginning of a season. Look at somebody and say, we're here at the end and the beginning today. Now, let me 
ask you a question. Have you ever procrastinated? <laughs> Woo! Somebody, somebody. I'm not a big procrastinator about my, I'm not a big procrastinator about things I need to do for other people. But procrastination's real interesting. Because Barbara, this was the other reason I thought about you. This morning, I remember Barbara and I had traveled together for years on a team and I mean, she, she started a new diet every three months. She stuck with it. She looked incredible. And usually at the beginning of every trip, she explained that diet to me as I was bored and listening <laughs> and looking down at myself <laughs> and thinking, why can't she just leave me alone? like my wife, you know. And then one time, we, she was on this incredible diet where she ate protein, and she told me all how to do it. We got to a buffet. She went through. She got her protein. I was right behind her. I did fine till we hit the biscuits and gravy. <laughs> and I said, uh, that ain't going to work for me. And I said, maybe I'll start tomorrow on whatever else. Or, or in a couple of months when you've got a different diet, I'll try that one. <laughs> That's called procrastination. You are aware of that. And I had to always ask the Lord, uh, why don't I want to do something? See, if you'll ask him, he'll tell you. Because here's the issue about the finishing anointing. If you start something and you don't get to the end of it, you don't receive the anointing of resistance and celebration that allows you to start something again. And therefore, we have to learn this process of finishing. Now look at this. Let me, let me say this. Here's what happens with procrastination. Because everybody knows, I'll be real simple, it's putting off. You go against your own better judgment. Now listen what happens with procrastination. I know I need to lose weight. But I'm going to go against my own better judgment of eating like her so I can taste what I want to taste in the moment. Where I can enter in in that moment and be satisfied. Yesterday morning, we went to Cracker Barrel before we pulled the sign down. And I said, Chad sent, sent his biscuits back because, you know, he's trying to eat right. It, it's just like it's a horror movie with all those who travel with me. <laughs> and I said, he said, CP, you do not need to be eating biscuits. I said, I don't need to be doing a lot of things. I do lots of things I'm not supposed to be doing. 
And so when they bring me the two biscuits that go with my plate, something has happened to those biscuits. One of them is about that big, isn't it? Hallelujah. I said, honey, I called the waitress over. I said, honey, this ain't going to do it for me. And he looked up at her and said, this is God. God made that biscuit for you. Somebody praise him. Is this making sense to you? And I'm sitting there now wanting to attack. All right? Because, but, I know it's better judgment not to eat that biscuit with gravy poured all over it and butter in it. And yet, the more I would think about it, the more I wanted to attack. So we procrastinate because we won't allow a better way or a new way to rise up within us. Does that make sense to you? Now, here's another definition. Because this goes all the way back to ancient Greece. Procrastination is the act of delaying or postponing a task that keeps you from following through and entering the next phase of your life. Now, that sounds a little different. In other words, if you keep postponing certain things, just like decorating, it's going to, if you keep postponing and delaying it, I am the God of time, I'm not in time, but I can sure postpone your time. Sounds like what we're going through in America right now. Because it's always something postponing our freedom again. I mean, especially when they test it for corona on certain fruit and it came back positive. I know people who test it positive one day, negative the next day. So there's some postponement that the enemy's doing because uh, Daniel chapter 7 says he changes times and law. Every time we procrastinate, we come into some sort of agreement with him. It's just a fine line in knowing by the Spirit and keep pressing toward the mark, as Paul said. And know by the Spirit when we're being held by the Lord are not able to move forward. Or when we're postponing our own destiny.
So this becomes so important for us right now. It, 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 it's amazing what we're going through right now in this. Here's something else. See, so I, I really said, Lord, I've got to see this in you. Uh, not out of my knowledge, because I have also degrees with psychology understanding of this. And he spoke this to me this morning. And he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? Now you ask right now, do I really believe that? That he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then he said, you have a past, you have a present, and you have a future. Just like I am the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But the only way you can walk in victory is to allow the action of my spirit to move you into that victory. He said, you have a future self right now that's setting goals that want to see certain things happen that want to experience certain things in your life you have these future goals but you have a present self that's going to have to create some sort of willful action so that your future goals go into movement and if your present self doesn't move right, submitted to me, your future in me gets postponed. It gets delayed. It gets stopped. He said, so you're dealing with certain past and present issues of emotion that's hindering the movement of your future. And if you don't come to some place of finishing your past and your present, you'll never activate your future. It was, it was overwhelming, his presence this morning. He said, your past self is hanging on to certain traumas that you experience that you're holding down in your emotions and fears that are playing on those traumas that's keeping you from crossing an action line. He said, so this is the week. See, here's what you have to understand. He's God. Amen. He's sovereign. Amen. He knows when he's ready for us to move. Amen. He knows when he's ready where all of a sudden we have to take action. See, I'm a writer. I, 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 I write books. Pam and Rebecca, my daughter, 
are writers. Daniel just finished his book. I think he's a writer. I think they're all, and John Mark edits all of it. I, I think they're all good at what their mother is good at. They can write. I write books. Therefore, I have deadlines. There comes a point where if I don't hit that deadline, my action level starts wavering. Same way with you. If we don't hit certain deadlines and hit certain faith actions, we're held in last season. Look at somebody and say, I don't want to be left there. I watched Daniel and Amber with this. They would make ticket. And then God would say, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Finally, they made a ticket. And God hadn't said, not yet. Therefore, they have to have the action of their will to go get on that plane with masks. I watched the dance troupe, Zion Dance Project. They couldn't dance anywhere in Fort Worth or Dallas, so they said, could you host us outside? I said, sure. Then it comes up, you can't have over 100 in an outdoor meeting. I said, listen, we'll set up 100 chairs. They can still dance if they want to dance. And the rest of us can wander in the garden and stand around. <laughs> Penny and Brian said, you know, you know, we get in trouble for certain things here. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers Penny and Brian. And I said, we will go till we get stopped. And Brian said, okay, I've learned enough from him. I'm not going to send out the announcement about that Friday night. Saturday morning, it got stopped. See, that's how God works. All of a sudden, that couldn't come to its place of finishing from last season yet. Everybody say yet. See, I'm sharing these things with you because it's that action line in you that God's trying to get in order. Where all of a sudden you know, if I don't give, something's not going to work out for me. If I don't worship, something's not going to work out for me. And see... We're a house of revelation, and I have to realize when revelation is important in the moment. This is how really inside of you, this finishing anointing is working. So, for us to get into the new, we have to have some level of hope that comes new and fresh rising in us because faith is going to spring from hope and faith is going to be that action. And yet, if the enemy can destroy your hope 
and keep deferring it, eventually you just get sick. See, if you never get to the end of hope, what happens to you is an infirmity of weakness sits in on you. That's what the Bible says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you can't bring your hope into a place of finishing power, sickness will set up against you. That's what's wrong with America. Therefore, in your testings, now hear me, you have got to press toward the end of the test. Yeah. I see people take lots of courses, but they don't want to take the test. But you're going to have to take the test to get affirmed that you have overcome. You're going to have to take the test to get affirmed that you can master that subject. You're going to have to take the test to be affirmed that you can rise up over what was trying to master you. Come on. Come on. You're going to have to finish some way. Something. Yes. I remember when I was trying to break a habit back in the 70s, what I started doing was petty point, needle point, because I had to do something. And I would start that thing and I'd say, gosh, it'd be, just be so easy to put this down and go ahead and smoke my pipe again. <laughs> but I knew if I put it down and I didn't get to the end of that, I wouldn't break the cycle of the other. See, God wants us to have a finishing anointing. He wants us to get to the end of things. Let me reiterate this one more way. There is an action line in your life. Put your hand right here. That's what, that's what Paul's talking about. You're going to press toward the mark until you're going to keep action flowing until you cross the line. Look at this. Think about when we moved into this nasty, junky, awful place and knew it was God that had moved us here Walked through it. Pam and I went home. And I said, I think I've probably gone over this time. <laughs> she said, possibly. <laughs> I said, but I would rather go bankrupt and go nowhere than to stay where I was. Come on. I remember saying that. Matter of fact, a month after we moved, they sold that place and we would have been out without any place. But I had to look and say, how are we going to do this? How are we going to move into it? And God said, 
You start with the garden before you ever redo the building. Because I started with the garden before I ever built the temple. And until you know how my garden life works, you don't need to try to get sequestered in a building. So little by little. So I said, Pam, you're going to have to do the garden. You saw the pictures of that, Robert Shona. She walked out there and she said, what in the world have I gotten into? And yet, it became an oasis. I asked her this morning, we got up together. We didn't get up together. She got up four hours after me. Yes, I hope she's watching, which she is. I said, do you want to go with me today? And she said, the Lord hasn't told me quite yet I can go back. And I immediately knew, instead of throwing a fit and saying something I shouldn't and us, you know, we can throw down. Now, trust me. (laughs) After 48 years, we can even throw down better on year 48 than we could on year one. I mean... (laughs) I can't say either one of us have overly mellow. She's mellow, wouldn't you say? She's a lot more mellow. No. No, no. (laughs) Maybe it's because I'm home. I was thinking I hoped she had. But she did say, you know, only God could have kept you at home for four months. After Cindy gave you that word, I said, Lord, how in the world will you do that? She said, only God could have done this. She said, so recently I got down on my knees and said, Lord, what did I do to deserve this? Because <laughs> you have to understand, we have never been together four straight months without me traveling. Ever. In our whole marriage. I mean, she would call people and arrange trips after two weeks. <laughs> Four months now, going on five months. God help. <laughs> and I said, she said, I'll go the minute the Lord tells me to go, but I'm loving the webcast. I can hear it better. I, I don't have all having to run do this or do that I really am getting the message I'm moving forward and then all of a sudden I heard the Lord say she's in intercession and you've known her and been married with her long enough she won't come back until you get her into the new because I remember she would say at every turn of our life we're starting a new season And I saw that this morning, that my bride wants to come back into the new. Look at somebody and say, we're glad we're the bride. Let me end with this. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. See, there comes a moment where everything shifts for us.
And the Lord says, don't, do you perceive what I'm doing? That means we could miss that moment. And then I love what he said. And I want us to stand up. He said, it is finished. <laughs> the end of what I've been called to do is now come. I obeyed. And he said, good, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now this is what I want to say to you. I want to leave you with these things. How do we finish strong? You know what I do every night? Go ahead and show this. At the end of each day, I make a list to review over what I need to do tomorrow. Brian and I do that every day. Brian's been working with me for 25 years. My mother, God rest her, with all of her issues and how hard she was at time, I had to add that. She made a list every day for all three of us. All three of us still do it. And if that list wasn't completed, uh, there was a great consequence. Now, that's why we procrastinate. We don't realize that the consequence is greater if we put something off instead of having instant obedience. Well, I'd rather eat that biscuit today because I won't gain weight in the next hour and my desire will be fulfilled. But then eventually it becomes leanness to my soul. Get my drift. That's what putting off certain things does. I priority, prioritize that list every morning when Brian and I get there. This was one of Justin's. Justin has so much responsibility here. Finally, after 15 years when he got this, he now excels in efficiency. I don't start with number eight or number six. I try to start with the first and start making my way down the list. If I hit a snag on number three, I just keep going. I'll come back to it. But I will come back to it. You know why? Because number three will become number one for tomorrow. And before long, what we're meant to finish gets finished. Now, I want to loose that anointing over you. I don't know how we're going to do all what we're supposed to do here to move forward. But I know God said, this season ended. I think us moving forward is having great impact throughout the world. 
So I will keep moving forward because I'm called to heal the nations. And since I can't fly there, I'll do what is necessary here to activate the movement. Right now, lift your hands. Lord, I decree that action line over everybody in this room is being activated. I say, Lord, whatever action for faith they need, I loose an anointing for timing. I loose a finishing anointing. I loose a new resistance. I loose a new strength. And I decree the fear of the future, the traumas of the past, the self-desire of the present will not stop us from finishing what we need to finish this season. Shout, it is finished. Shout it every morning. It is finished. Decree the things God is telling you to finish will be accomplished and the new beginning will be a part of this ending moment. Let's give a shout up into heaven. Lord, we loose this as we walk out of here. When you get into restaurants, you say, it's finished. When you get into places, you say, this is finished. When you get into places where you know the enemy is trying to hold things captive, you say, it is finished. Decree right now, today is a shifting day and the action of faith is now moving in the earth. Give one more shout. I send you forth. I commission you to finish strong and to start stronger in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's give one more shout. Bless two or three people. And decree you will get there.